Hello, everybody, and welcome into today's much-anticipated episode of Around the Slice. I say much-anticipated because you know what we're all here for. The final Bills game of the regular season, Buffalo Bills at Miami Dolphins in Miami. Sunday night football, a lot of implications, a lot on the line, lots at stake. It could decide. Actually, honestly, it will decide the Buffalo Bills' future as it pertains to the immediate future and their playoff hopes. But before we get to the broadcast information, keys for this, keys for that, I want to give you guys some honors from Buffalo Bills players that have been recognized as it relates to the 2023 or uh, 2024, I guess, technically, Pro Bowl games. So last night at 8 p.m. Um, on NFL Network, the Pro Bowl rosters were revealed from the AFC to NFC, all the way from quarterback down to even special teamers and long snappers, which whatever. I'm going to get into that now. First, I want to preface this with this. There were some Bills snubs. Yes, there were some Bills players that deserves higher alternate recognition. Yes, that. But, but let me get this out of the way. Let's be honest. The Pro Bowl always has been and even is now a popularity contest. They get players in there to um, basically the NFL gets players in there to boost their clicks and boost their brand. A player's success should be not diminished or uh, upgraded in, ter- in fans' eyes, at least mine, if they make the Pro Bowl or not. Like Justin Jefferson didn't make the Pro Bowl this year because he missed six, eight games the hamstring and I believe it was eight games. Eight games the hamstring injury. Well, he just sucks. Justin Jefferson not the best receiver, a top three receiver in the league anymore. Totally false notion. It doesn't determine the player's success either way. It's a popularity contest. I said they put players in there to get up clicks and whatnot in the brand. They build the NFL brand and Roger Goodell. Perfect example, the three AFC quarterbacks that made the Pro Bowl, Lamar Jackson, totally deserving to attack Ovailoa, even though in the month of December he's kind of struggled, totally deserving still. And then there's Patrick Mahomes. Yes, I understand his receivers dropped the ball. I understand his only reliable weapon is Travis Kelsey and then Rasheed Rice, even though he's only a rookie. Yes, I understand that he has an inconsistent running game at times, whatever. That Josh Allen is leading the league in touchdowns. Yes, he has 16 interceptions, but Patrick Mahomes also has 16 interceptions, I believe. And Josh Allen, yes, only has 27 passing touchdowns, but it's also true that he has 15 rushing touchdowns. He's, he has 41 or 42 total touchdowns this year in his lead, leading the league in total touchdowns. He should have gotten in over Patrick Mahomes. But back to what I was saying, the NFL would never leave out Pat. They would never leave out Mahomes. They, the, the NFL, let's face it, need Patrick Mahomes for their brand. They need to include Patrick Mahomes in every little thing ever in order to get their in order to get their clicks up, if you will, and their brand up. If they don't include Patrick Holmes or anything, they know that Josh Allen, even though he's a face, they know Patrick Holmes is the face of the league. And if they included if they didn't include Patrick Mahomes, then they wouldn't get as much popularity for the Pro Bowl, even though the Pro Bowl is just a popularity contest. It doesn't determine player success at all. I just want to get that little rant out of the way in the beginning. It doesn't determine anything. I mean, Josh Allen totally deserved it over Patrick Mahomes, but hey, it's Patrick Mahomes. The NFL needs him for every little thing. If they don't have Patrick Mahomes, then what's the point of the NFL, right? (laughs) 
I don't know. That Pro Bowl is stupid. But that being said, we do have two players from the Bills that actually did make the Pro Bowl and a handful of alternates. So the two players that did actually make the Pro Bowl, James Cook getting his first Pro Bowl nod. This is really, really good. Now, he's been a beast this year, especially as of late. I mean, you think of that Cowboys game, right? He had nearly damn damn near 200 rushing yards and a handful more, 40-something receiving yards and just two catches. Um, receiving definitely helps, and James Cook has that. Although this season, I will admit that they have gone away from James Cook a bit in the second half, more than I would like. Latavius Murray has been taking away a few snaps and runs here and there. Um, I've explained my disc. Claimers, not hatred, but my kind of pause with um, Latavius Murray and that. So James Cook, first ever Pro Bowl. I just wish they would not go away from as much, but that's awesome. Deion, and then tackle Deion Dawkins, his third Pro Bowl. The offseason chatter before this year was Deion Dawkins had the worst year, year of his career last year, which I think that was over-exaggerated. I was always confident in Deion Dawkins. I always had been the great live president, you know, and the showman. The snowplow came from the little Eagles tush push. We have our snowplow. That's his little stick. That's what he does. He's he's also up for Walter Payton Man of the Year, and I believe he's one of the five finalists for that award, if not right up there. He's not the front runner right now. Um, But this is his third career Pro Bowl, and this is easily, well, maybe second in the league, but 2018, 2019, somewhere in there. Yes, he had a down year last year, but it was over-exaggerated in the offseason. Oh, they need to cut Deion Dawkins. They need to not extend Deion Dawkins. I would extend in this offseason or next offseason at the very, very least. I know he's turning 30 in April, but tackles can survive longer than like quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, especially running backs. So that is great. And then we have a handful of alternates here. Mitch Morris and Leonard Floyd are second. Uh, or, sorry, I skipped one. Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs are first alternates. Three quarterbacks in the AFC were Lamar Jackson, Tua Tagovailoa, and Patrick Mahomes. I already explained why Josh Allen should get over Patrick Mahomes. Uh, rewind the episode, whatever you're listening on or watching, I should say, rather, if you're on YouTube. But he definitely deserves it. And then Stefan Diggs. This story is blown way out of proportion. That's the story that he shouldn't have been a pro bowler. I don't really care that he's not a pro bowler. Again, it's not a demarcation or upgrade or however you want to term it. I don't even know if I'm saying that right. Basically, it doesn't determine or classify a player's success, if that makes sense. I know Stefan Diggs is at 100 yards in like eight weeks since the Giants in week six. He, five of his first six games were 100 yards. The guy would just walk out on Sundays and get 100 yards and a touchdown. I know that's not him anymore, but the media is blowing this way out of proportion. Stefan Diggs has been shut down. The Bills this, the Bills that. Well, wake up, guys. We're still winning. Yeah, other guys like Khalil Shakir, Dalton Kiyate, and especially James Cook with running the ball more are uh, allowed to have success, if you will. They're allowed to get spread out the targets. But Stefan Diggs obviously needs to be involved more, but I think the media is blowing this way out of proportion. But the guys that were selected – did deserve it over Diggs. It was Tyreek Hill, Jamar Chase. I know for sure it was Tyreek Hill and Jamar Chase. Um, but I forgot the third and fourth one. But Tyreek Hill and Jamar Chase was for sure, and those guys definitely, definitely deserved it. Mitch Morse and Leonard Floyd are second alternates. Leonard Floyd, now that's four years in a row where he has at least nine sacks. This year he has ten and a half. And he earned a nice little $1 million incentive a couple of weeks ago because of it. 
I don't know how you're going to resign him. Personally, I would cut Von Miller to have room to resign AJ Vanessa. But what is the saying? Sacks or st sacks get stacks or whatever it is. Sacks money. You know what I mean. Hopefully, um, basically, sacks get players paid. And if we go by that logic, Floyd has 10 and a half. He's just a veteran that's coming very well. And then Mitch Morse, yes, he has had a bit more penalties than I would like this year. False starts, holding, whatnot. But his snaps have always been on point to Josh Allen. No issues there. And Dalton Kincaid and Ed Oliver are third alternates. I have no issue with Dalton Kincaid because he had four catches for 87 yards against the Patriots. That's who we just played against the Patriots. Before that, he was kind of having some drop issues. Um, but Ed Oliver is a third alternate. This is way too low. And I would go as far as to say Ed Oliver for sure deserved to be in it over a guy like Quinn Williams, for example. I think Ed Oliver of the Bills should have gotten in over the other ACE star, superstar defensive tackle, Quinn Williams of the Jets. The I know the Jets don't have leads much, so Quinn Williams doesn't have to, like time to just go after the quarterback and tee off like Ed Oliver does, but still, he doesn't have the sack numbers. He only has a single sack this year, I believe. Ed Oliver is nine and a half. The only thing Quinn Williams really does statistically better is he's a bit more athletic and he gets more tackles for loss and he blows up screen passes really well, but he just doesn't have the sack numbers. So I would have had Ad Oliver in there for sure. Uh, Dawson Knox is a fifth is a fifth alternate. This is just a throw in fifth alternate. Who really cares? Um, but someone that two players that didn't get alternates. The one I take exception with the most is Terrell Bernard. I don't think he should have been alternate. I think he worked his way all, all the way up to being in the Pro Bowl. Six and a half stacks this year, four interceptions. The two Pro Bowl linebackers in the AFC were both from the Baltimore Ravens. Roquan Smith definitely deserving. Patrick Queen, that's the controversial one that I would have Terrell Bernard over. But two Ravens linebackers is definitely impressive. And then Rasul Douglas, I think he should have at least got second alternate. I mean, he's not even on here as an alternate. Yes, the corners that were above him definitely deserved it. I, guys like... Denzel Ward, Sauce Gardner, although Sauce Gardner has taken a bit of a step down from his rookie year. It's hard to follow up that rookie year, though. But Rasul Douglas definitely made it. Definitely should have been second, third alternate at the very least. He's not alternate at all. Okay, done at the Pro Bowl. I know it really doesn't matter, but I just wanted to get that out of the way. Um, So, Bills, Dolphins, where are we at? How can you guys watch this? What time is it at? All that fun stuff. It is Sunday, January 7th. Prime time, baby. Very last game of the season at 8.20 p.m. on NBC. Now, unfortunately, that means Chris Collinsworth and Mike Tirico are broadcasting it. I'm sure Chris Collinsworth will bring up 100 times how Pat, that throw looked Mahomes, that throw was Patrick Mahomes, and you see two of that, that Patrick Mahomes is. Patrick Mahomes is that. Like he, Patrick Mahomes, he has a weird, weird obsession with Patrick Mahomes. Kind of concerned. Um, he just loves him. And then, but Mahomes wouldn't even be playing. He still brings him up. Mike Tirico, I like, although he says a couple of dumb stuff sometimes, but I do like. But um, once again, let me reiterate, Saturday, January 7th, 8.20 p.m. on NBC. Big, big spotlight. Huge spotlight. I can't stress that enough. So, since I can't stress that enough, let's get into what's the bottom line. What's at stake here? I want to uh, uh, I want to kind of get this all out in the open for you guys, so the playoff scenario. So, just stick with me here. So what's on the line? What's at stake? If the Steelers lose to the Ravens on Saturday or or the Jaguars lose to the Titans on Sunday, then the Bills will already have a playoff spot locked up 
going into the game versus Miami Sunday night. So the basically the Steelers play the Ravens at 4:30 on Saturday. If the Steelers lose to the Ravens or the Jaguars lose to the Titans, they don't need both to happen either or all caps or then the Bills make the playoffs even before Sunday. But if both the Steelers beat the Ravens, which could very well happen because the Ravens are resting Lamar and a couple of their starters, but they'll probably still have guys. Tyler Huntley's not half bad, guys. Like, I really Tyler Huntley. I explained in the pages recap about their day on Tuesday, two days ago, it was not. He's late in Lamar, not the strongest arm, but very accurate. Has improved in accuracy over his career. He's, he's really electric at the ground. He's really a Lamar type. So that offense is still going to roll, in my opinion. But if somehow the Steelers and Jaguars both beat the, the Ravens and Titans respectively, then the Bills, Sunday night, they would have to win and beat the Dolphins and win the AFC East in Miami to even make the playoffs. So they can either be the two seed, the six seed, a seven seed, or completely miss the playoffs altogether. Personally, and I'm sure you're going to share the sentiment, personally, I would love for the Steelers or let's the Jaguars are losing the Titans. So I would really love the Steelers to lose to Tyler Huntley and the Ravens backups. Um, I hope they play some starters on defense for at least a quarter or a half. That would be great, right? I would prefer that the Steelers lose to the Ravens so I don't have to have a hundred different heart attacks and pacing back and forth in my family room while trying to enjoy this game. And I want to have a playoff spot locked up. So I would prefer to watch the game in peace and not in stress free. That would just be my take, but let's make it happen. But again, if none of that happens, if the Steelers and Jaguars both win, then you have to win. It's either win or go home. Take care of business, right? And the Bills did this themselves. If they just got one of those, um, one of the wins, one of the heartbreaking losses that they lost and just won one of those week one against the Jets, I. Listen, guys, I understand it. It's in MetLife, although Aaron Rodgers did get four plays in, hurt four plays in. They lost that character touchdown, Xavier Gibson, all that. But that feels like forever ago, and week one is always weird. The ones, two that come to my mind is stupid, stupid losses that will haunt them, and it is haunting us right now, is the first Patriots lost against Mac Jones, where Josh Allen played terrible, and then against the Broncos, where actually Josh Allen played pretty well, but James Cook fumbled. Josh threw an interception, you know, all this stuff. And they had 12 players on the field on defense. And that's the game that got Ken Dorsey fired. Although I do love Joe Brady now. If they just got one of those, a win against the Patriots Sunday would have already clinched us a playoff berth. And we wouldn't have to be, you know, sitting on our hands here hoping, well, we need help from this. We need help from this. Saturday, Sunday, blah, blah, blah. I want to go home. I would love for that to happen, guys. But they did this to themselves. They dug themselves a huge hole. They're digging themselves out of it. They've won four in a row now. Two of them they haven't looked pretty in. Chargers and Patriots were way too close for comfort, especially Chargers. I stopped breathing a couple times. Um, but, yeah, they control their own destiny, if you will. If they beat the Dolphins, that's great. But, I mean, I have a bad feeling that Sunday night is going to be way too stressful. I'm not going to sleep at all Friday night or Saturday night, especially if the Steelers beat the Ravens. This is going to be really, really stressful. Like mental health going to be all destroyed. Um, so that's what's at stake. That's what has to happen, right? Take care of business and root for other teams for help. Uh, now, before we get into this, like, 
my topics here, keys for Bill's offense, keys for Bill's defense, how we slow down this and that on the Dolphins side of things. Helpful stats to know. I just want to give some context here. So interestingly enough, I found this little nugget for you guys. Dolphins are 13-3 and at home, so at Hard Rock Stadium in Miami, the last two years under Mike McDaniel, 2022 and 2023 with an average margin of victory of 11.7 points. So on average, statistically, they're winning by double digits at home, 13. Again, only three losses in the last two years under Mike McDaniel. In the last two years under Mike McDaniel, they're winning by double digits, 11.7. However, however, those two of those three losses are in the month of December. Last year, well, the one loss was to the um, – Vikings in last October, October 2022, when they didn't have two on, it was Ted Bridgewater or Mike White or Skylar Thompson. No, Mike White was in the Jets. Skylar Thompson was still the third quarterback. It was Teddy Bridgewater. That doesn't matter. But two of those three losses, however, are in the month of December. December 2022, lose to the Packers. December 2023, that's why they lose to the Titans. I thank the Titans a lot because that's why we're here. That's why we have a chance to win the AFC East. If if the Titans had not beaten the Dolphins in that epic comeback and scored like 14 points in the final three minutes and the Dolphins hung on, then they would be two games ahead of us and sweeping the Dolphins this year wouldn't have mattered. They win the division last week or a couple weeks ago and meeting the Cowboys. But... Thank God, and we'll have to root the tight for Titans again Sunday against the Jaguars. So the Titans are helping us a lot here. So I just found that interesting. 13 3 at home under Mike McDaniel the last two years in his tenure, but two of those three losses are in the month of December. So that shows you I've been saying this isn't just me hitting on Dolphins or Dolphins fans. Calm down if you're a Miami fan. It shows the proof is in the pudding, right? If you will, guys. If you will. The, they they always sputter in December. They're not as dominant. Tua has kind of slowed down a bit, and Tua even got nicked up last game, so that will for sure affect them. Injury news, speaking of that, now we only have one thing for the Bills. It is a huge, monstrous thing. It's not as bad as it sounded like initially, but it's a huge, monstrous thing. Then we have multiple Dolphins players that we got to talk about. So Josh Allen, superstar quarterback the Bills, obviously. Josh Allen has a sore neck and a small finger injury, but he says he's good to go for Sunday night versus Miami. Now, on the very last play of the game, Kyle Allen didn't come in just to take a few needles. He didn't come in in garbage time because they're only winning by six points. He came in because Josh Allen got nicked up, and his neck kind of got twisted, turned, if you will. Is Not if you will. His neck did get turned, and he took himself out, which I applaud him for. He realized, and apparently he had got a small – Finger injury, too. I don't know when he suffered that. I never saw it. Maybe I'm not giving excuses, but maybe that's why the ball came out so inaccurately. Is that a word? Maybe that's why he was so inaccurate Sunday against the Patriots. Maybe now his decision-making, the throwing in double coverage and the underthrow, there's no excuse for that. But maybe that's why he was so inaccurate. He started 0 for 6. Granted, his receivers and running back, let Davies Murray looking at you, buddy. <laughs> Didn't help him at all. But, yeah, maybe that, maybe that's why he was not a little off, like really off. That's why he had to use his legs so much. Next for the Dolphins. There's a lot here, like a lot. And I'm not saying this to hate on the Dolphins. This is what is happening with them. Dolphins will be without pass rusher Bradley Chubb due to the torn ACL they suffered last week. So, unfortunately, that means their top two pass rushers out for the season. I think it was week 11. On Bottom line, basically on Thanksgiving, 
on the way to being a superstar pass rusher, star pass rusher, I should say. Jalen Phillips tore his ACL against the Jets. Bummer. And then Bradley Chubb. He hasn't been worth a first-round pick. They traded to the Broncos at the 2022 NFL trade deadline last year. But still, he's been very good. Out. So Andrew Van Ginkle is going to have to step up to elevate or I even sign, honestly, permanently for the rest of the season and play awesome. Melvin Ingram for the practice squad. And Melvin Ingram is someone who has, let's be honest, dominated the Bills whenever they've played the Dolphins. There's been a couple games where, especially where I can remember week three last year being week three of 2022, where he got multiple defensive stops, a couple sacks of Josh Allen, a couple tackets for loss. So Melvin Ingram fares very well. And then Andrew Van Ginkle is that hybrid coverage linebacker slash outside linebacker slash edge rusher. He's been really good for them. So he'll have to step up in an even more elevated role now than he already was subbing in for Jalen Phillips. Hope to take the slack for Phillips and Chubb. And Dolphins also are likely to be without cornerback Xavier Howard after he was carted off the field last week. That means we're going to see more of uh, Justin Bethel will be in the slot, obviously, but Jalen Phillips will have to be a superstar in this game to lock down digs if they want Dolphins want to win. That means we'll see more Kato Kohu, who's a slot guy at heart, will have to be on the outside. We know how much he struggled against week four against Stefan Diggs when he spun out and it was a really pathetic tackle attempt. And then Eli Apple, we know his trash talk from the Bengals. We know how he likes to get under the Bills' skin. We know, we know what kind of player and character he is. So let's just stay in our own lane and take care of business. As well as Dolphins, possibly wide receivers, Daniel Waddle, as well as he's still dealing with a right high ankle sprain that he suffered a couple weeks ago. This is usually a three- to five-week injury for a wide receiver. I don't assume a play, but he'll push his very best to play since it's a division deciding game. If he's not in, then we can zero in on Tyreek Hill. Either said than done, right? Because they really have no other wide receivers that I trust or a tight end like Durham Smythe, okay? <laughs> Chase Claypool. Cedric Wilson. Braxton Barrios is a fun little explosive player. Plays mainly a kick return. He's electric, but his main role is a kick return and punt return. Excuse me, at heart. And then multiple Dolphins players didn't practice on Wednesday. Tackle Toronto Armstead, running back Raheem Mostert, and defensive tackle Zach Sealer. Although Sealer's just an illness, he'll be back Wednesday is whatever. But if they don't practice on Thursday, they're probably up for the game. If they don't practice on Friday at all, they're definitely up for the game. So I'm not like saying that these guys will be out, but it's worth noting that Raheem Mostert did miss the Ravens game. I mean, they still won have won. The Ravens trounced them 56-19. to Even Tyler Huntley threw a touchdown. That's why I have optimism that Tyler Huntley can lead the Ravens to victory over a division rival AC North Steelers. But back to this directly, Mostert, Armstead, and Sealer, an illness, didn't practice. And then multiple, and I mean multiple, Dolphins, like nine or ten, Dolphins players were also limited in practice on Wednesday. Here we go. Running back Devon A. Chan, linebacker Jerome Baker, offensive lineman Liam Eichenberg, safety Javon Holland, offensive lineman Robert Hunt, offensive lineman Austin Jackson, linebacker David Long Jr. So that's your starting linebacker, your top two running backs that most are didn't practice, and Devon, and Devon A. Chan was limited. That's your three starting linemen and Hunt. Austin Jackson, Liam Eichenberg that were limited. So it's not in Javon Holland. So it's not looking good, but again, Wednesday, you kind of take it with a grain of salt for whatever it's worth because Thursday and Friday, really, if they don't practice Thursday, they're probably not playing. have a chance. If they don't practice Friday, they're 99% sure they're not playing, and so they're like a game time decision. 
That's a lot left on the Dolphins injury report. The main thing worried about for the Bills, though, is Josh Allen, but he said he's good. Like, I just want to reiterate, he did say that he's good to go. No way he was going to miss this um, game. I mean, this high stakes. And then Tua had to get his shoulder nicked up a bit. He came out of the game, and they they, they basically was a blow anyway. So what, what was he going to do anyway in there? So that was probably smart to take him out, but – he practiced in full, and he'll be fine, ready to go. Jalen Ramsey also had a thing. They, even though they practice on full, they have to list them like to his shoulder injury. Um, oh, sorry. I get to log in my phone again. <laughs> He's for Bill's offense. Now, I have, let's see, typically I have three. I have four here just because this is such a monumental game. I'm going to give you guys a bonus one that I think will really help unlock the Bills offense in the end against the Dolphins in Miami. The Allen-Diggs connection needs to have a huge blow-up game in primetime in order to win. There's something about primetime this year that the Bills kind of struggle in primetime, but Josh Allen doesn't struggle. The ball just looks seamless coming out of his hands in primetime. Under the bright lights, Josh Allen is automatic. Again, even if the team lets him down, even if the receivers let him down, even if the defense let him down, he's automatic in primetime usually. The ball just looks different in Stephon Diggs. Huge moment. What did I say? His last 100-yard game was the Giants week six. That game week six just happened to be Sunday football primetime. So if, if that was his last 100-yard game, he could do it again, right? And one of my actual underdog fan player props, as we do here, Part of my five predictions is related to Stephen Diggs. A little foreshadowing there. But the Allen-Diggs connection needs to be on point. I know you have guys like Dalton K and James Cook with running the ball and receiving out of the backfield is his best ability. Stop messing around with Davies Murray anymore. Larry Fournette can take a spot. And Ty Johnson for all I care. But Dalton K, Dawson Knox, Gabe Davis. But Stephen Diggs, Josh Allen, Stephen Diggs needs to be automatic. They need to have a huge love for Diggs, multiple receptions for Diggs. I'm not saying force it to Diggs, but get him on an island against Cater Kohu. Get him on an island against Eli Apple. Even Jalen Ramsey, week one, when they were playing the defending Super Bowl champions last year, the very, September 8th, 2022, well, all the way rewind. September 8th, 2022, Diggs went for over 100 yards and two touchdowns, I believe, on Jalen Ramsey, and he was still on the ran. And in week four, yes, Jalen Ramsey was still injured. He didn't come back till mid-November. Granted, he didn't come back to mid-November, like I just said, but, 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 Stefan Diggs has a track record of dominating Jalen Ramsey in the couple games they played over their respective careers. Uh, Bill's rental offense needs to be on point in such a monumental game that contains many implications such as this one. We went over what's at stake. We went over what's in the line. We went over it's either win or go home if the Steelers and Jaguars lose when you can rewind, go back to all those scenarios. This needs to happen. There were two of five in the red zone against the Patriots on Sunday. They, they either turned the ball over or got field goals. Now, one or two field goals on occasion is fine, but you're not going to be this high-flying Miami Dolphins offense ready to take the AFC East from you, ready to win the AFC for the first time in forever, ready to dethrone the three-time Super uh, Super Bowl. Yeah, I hope, right? Three-time AFC East champion, division champion, Buffalo Bills. You're not going to do that by getting field goals. We need to go. I'm not saying like five for five or six for six in red zone. That's kind of unrealistic, but at least like 75%, like at the bare minimum of 67% in the red zone. It needs to happen. Not field goals, not three points. And yes, if it's like fourth and 
five or longer, or fourth and four or longer, I should say, you take the damn points. But if it's like fourth and one, fourth and two, heavily consider going for a McDermott. Don't be scared to go for it. This is the Dolphin. It's kind of like the Chief. You're not going to be, well, not this year, but years past, even as recent last year, you're not going to be a high-flying offense by getting three instead of seven. You need to be aggressive in this game. Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs, and everyone needs to be automatic in the red zone. Red zone offense needs to be on point. Okay, not perfect, but they need to be close to it. Uh, utilize play action a lot more than you have been as Josh Allen is deadly out of play action. He is automatic out of play action. His whole career, he's had the, one of the best pass ratings out of play action, one of the best completion percentage in the whole league out of play action, the most air yards, the most this and that. Basically, every big statistical category off, off of play action over his whole career, especially the last few years, Josh, when he's been elite, Josh Allen is near the top, at least top five, if not the best, number one in play action. I would like to see Joe Brady go play action north of 30%, at least 30%, 30 to 35% play action rate. They only used it a few times, if at all, against the Patriots from what I remember, and they didn't go very well. Um, Josh Allen's deadly up of play action. Play action will get guys like Christian Wilkins and Van Ginkle and Zach Sealer off their initial spots. And if you want to line up Stephen Diggs all over the place, Go play action and get those corners and safeties confused. I would love to see more play action. That's my been my one huge criticism of Joe Brady. It hasn't really affected us, but maybe it has because we've been only squeaking by beating the Chargers by two with Easton Stick. Don't ask me how that happened. And beating the Patriots only by six by Bailey Zappi. I thought that game was like 55 to 10 the whole time. We only won by six, 27-21. Don't ask me how that happened. But, yeah, play action needs to be a big wrinkle in this game. Josh Allen's deadly off of it. And then lastly, utilize this is the bonus one. Utilize Josh Allen's legs and a lot in this matchup as Miami's biggest kryptonite on defense is facing mobile quarterbacks. Now, I'm not saying that's their only kryptonite. I'm not saying you can beat them. You can't beat the Miami Dolphins defense um, other ways. But think of this. They lost to the Bills in first. And Josh Allen, huge mobile quarterback. They lost to... The Eagles, Jalen Hurts, huge mobile quarterback. They lost to the Chiefs in uh, uh, Germany. And Patrick Holmes is not a huge mobile quarterback, but he's pretty athletic, and he's sneaky mobile. And then Lamar Jackson, we know how electric he is. Um, so they haven't been, like, gassed on the ground, like, oh, my God, they're giving up rushing yards and rushing touchdowns every two seconds. But this is how you get Josh in the move. Use design runs. That's why I say play action. People, most people think – Play action means you gotta pass. You gotta go deep. Well, run out of action too. It's rare because you want a big pass off play, but you don't have play action too. Or have design ones. I don't mean little QB except you know, unless you're on the goal line. I mean actual big 10 to 15, 15 to 20, 20, 25 runs for Josh Allen and the Dolphins struggle against mobile QBs. And we just outlined those mobile QBs. Allen, Hurts, Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, to name up. Justin Herbert, they lost by two, who has a very similar uh, one by two, I should say, week one, but that's week one. It's weird. They only one by two, and Justin Herbert has a very similar play style. Josh Allen, he's sneaking mobile with Mahomes as well. Three keys to the Bills' defense. This this is sad to say, but like we've gotten at this point. Can Bob Miller be a healthy scratch, inactive again, as it seems that the defensive line is better when he's not there taking away valuable snaps from guys who have actually made an impact this year? such as like A.J. Epineza and Shaq Lawson. 
yes, Shaq Lawson, I've come to appreciate him. Outside of Buffalo, he's terrible, but in Buffalo, he's does his pass rush shows up here and there, but his run stopping off the edge is what I really like. Now, Leonard Floyd and Greg Rousseau are who they are, but behind them, Shaq Lawson, even Kingsley Jonathan is a nice young developmental piece. Have Von Miller be on the scratch again because he takes away valuable snaps snap from AJ Epinesa. AJ Epinesa is just ramping back up from injury, but I think he's fine now after missing those two games with the rib injury. So I'm sorry, Von Miller, but playoffs, we can talk about a different discussion if you want veteran leadership. But for now, I know this is a huge game, but you're taking away snap from Epinesa. Kings is Jonathan Shaq lost him, but mainly, mainly Epinesa. Uh, don't let Miami burn you over the top of Tiger Kill. I mean, easier said than done, right? Now, interestingly enough, I will admit the Bills don't have the most athletic and fastest corners in the world, so it will be very interesting to see how they attack Hill and try to, I'm not going to say stop because it's Tyreek Hill, but slow him down the best they can to the best of their ability. I would say Rasul Douglas is going to have to be huge, huge in this game because he's going to have to not shadow Tyreek Hill, but he'll have to brag at Tyreek Hill someone else. Christian Benford. Great find, Diamond the Rough, FCS, Villanova, FCS school for football program. But he's not the most athletic. Dane Jackson, not the most athletic. He is who he is. Kyrie Elam is the only one that's really athletic out of this group, probably the most athletic. But, again, he's healthy, scratch, and active every week. Saran Neal's a core special teamer, never plays on defense, if at all. Taron Johnson does a slot, so he's going to be matched up against guys like Braxton Berrios or Cedric Wilson or Jalen Waddell if he even plays. So he's not going to be – even involved with Tyreek Hill. And Mike High and Jordan Poyer are not athletic. They've lost their man coverage ability, especially high with the ball skills. Rasul Douglas is going to have to really break up some passes, really get some interceptions, really get the ball going. He's a ball hawk, so he's our most athletic. But again, we don't have the most athletic burner, fastest corner in the world. I don't know if anyone can keep up with Tyreek Hill, maybe Rasul Douglas, but that's asking quite a lot to go against Tyreek Hill. So it'll be very interesting to see how they bracket in. How because other than Tiger Kill, if you bracket Tiger Hill, I'm perfectly fine with double teaming Tiger Kill because Durham starts at tight end. Yeah, okay. I, I'm not including most of an HN because they're run the ball quite a bit. But I'm talking about receiving Chase Claypool, who really gives a crap. Um, Cedric Wilson, and especially Jalen Wilde is a play, Brex and Berrios return at heart, like I said. So you gotta find a way to keep up with Tiger Kill, even though you don't have the fastest light corner scheme up guys to go against it. And then lastly, third key for the Bills defense, most importantly in my opinion, make Tua hold on the ball for as long as possible as he is one of the fastest triggers in the entire league and doesn't do so well when he can't get the ball out right away. What I mean by that is he's a first read guy. Snap the ball, you see Tyreek Hill open down the field, boom, you launch it, all of a sudden, touchdown great. But when he has to scan the field, when his first read is open, when he has to go to his second, third, maybe even fourth read in some rare cases, he Alters, and that's why I think Russell Douglas, with his athleticism, trying to bracket Tyreek Hill with someone else, maybe a safety with Poyer Hyde or Rappins, those jumbo packages on defense, will have kind of success throwing off Tua, make him hold on the ball. He's a first read guy, and when he can't do that, he falters. Let's be honest. Players of the game predictions offense, Stefan Diggs, like usually, I like to have some other players' recognition, but. I think the storyline has blown up a lot. He's seen the headlines that Stefan Diggs washed, just even though he has over almost 1,100 yards. I mean, come on. Stefan Diggs washed. He's hit 30. He's this. He's that. Last 100-yard game, I'll say it again. Upon the ground, last 100-yard game was against the Giants in week six on primetime in Buffalo. Yes, this is in Miami, but play in primetime, the saying is players, not plays, and especially in primetime. Get your dudes the ball. Players, not 
plays. Stefan Diggs needs to eat. Josh Allen to Stefan Diggs down the field, middle of the field, short, screen game. I don't care. Get him lined up against Cater Kohu, Jalen Ramsey, Eli Apple, especially Kohu because he dominated him week four with that nasty spin move and that pathetic tample, tackle down by Cater Kohu. Defense, you probably knew this was going. Rasul Douglas, I said he's really our only athletic corner other than Kyrie Elam, but he's a healthy scratch every week after coming off IR, so whatever. Um, you know how I feel about that, but Russell Douglas is really our only athletic and fast corner, if you will, so he'll have to have a big game. And like I said, two is a first read guy. So if Douglas and the, if Ed Oliver can throw him off by getting pressure, if Greg Rousseau can finally show up and Leonard Floyd not miss so many stacks, that would be great. Um, but I feel like Russell Douglas will throw off two as the highs, and he's a first read guy. It's snap, get the ball to Tyreek Hill, boom, touchdown, blah, blah, blah. You know how that goes. But if, if he can't get his first read, then whatever. Five game predictions. Underdog fantasy player props. You can bet these right now. Over, under, higher, lower. You can do this right now. I don't do it. Man, count. You know this. Just to look at it. First, I have two Dolphins ones, but they really relate to the Bills. They're not really positive Dolphins. I have two Otoga Miloa over zero and a half interceptions. Like I said, Russell Douglas will throw off his eyes. If Tua can't get to his first read right away and launch it on the field right away, if you have to go to second, third, even fourth read in some rare instances and rare cases, in some capacity, then that will have to happen. So I'm smashing two attack of a low over zero and a half interceptions. I think he'll throw at least one, if not two. Tyree Kill is held to under 85 receiving yards. That's kind of a blanket statement, but if you bracket him with like Russell Douglas and let's say who's more athletic between Poyer and Hyde, I guess Poyer, but whatever. Russell Douglas, then I think Russell Douglas will throw up to his eyes. And other than Tyree Kill, Tyreek Hill will be the main guy because with Jalen Waddles, that is very much up in the air right now. And then Josh Allen over one half passing touchdowns. No, this was automatic in the past as recent as this year, but he's been in a passing slump. I really do wonder if that – it's a small finger injury, but let a, but still, nonetheless, a finger injury. I'm not making excuses, but maybe he's trying to get over that. So maybe he's not launching down the field as much, but him and Stefan Diggs have to be connection. I think Stefan Diggs – We'll get an R touchdown, and then let's say for the heck of it, Duncan Gay finally gets a second touchdown of the season in a big spot. So I'm smashing Josh Allen over when I pass some touchdowns. I think he has a chance to get like three, but at least two. Stefan Diggs over 59 for receiving yards. I think he's going to, this is going to be a monster, monster game for Stefan Diggs lined up against Cater Kohu slash Eli Apple. Uh, Jalen Ramsey. Uh, Ramsey will probably shadow him, but get him up against Kohu and see. What happens? So put him in a blender. I think Diggs will go 100 plus here and two touchdowns. I really, really do. So, but Stefan Diggs for the purpose of this under our fantasy bet over 59 and a half receiving yards. And then lastly, as my fifth prediction always is, Bills win the game 31 to 24. I was going to go 31 to 20, but the Dolphins high powered offense. Maybe the Bills will give up some yards here and there. But for as much injuries as this defense has sustained, Tredavious White, Matt Milano, Daquan Jones is finally back. But he looked pretty good, honestly. He played more percent snaps than I thought he would. Jordan Phillips could stay in IR. Point is, I think the Bills will squeak this one out 31 to 24. But I will say this if, if the Steelers or Jags lose and the Bills lock up a playoff spot before the game even starts, that's going to be way better for my mental health as a fan and way better to not have 100 palpitations and pacing back and forth my family room watching the game with my family i don't want to do that i want to have a relaxing sunday night and weekend 
But I will say, if you have a plasma locked up, locked up, do not let your foot off the gas pedal. Be aggressive, McDermott. Go front fourth and ones, fourth and two. Touchdowns, not few goals will win you this game. Go aggressive. Go get that division. I don't. I, it's great that you have a playoff spot left off, but be aggressive. Still want we still want to win that division. So that's just what I'm feeling. I know this was a kind of more spirited, longer episode than usual, but this just I I cannot exclaim the stakes. I cannot um say I cannot emphasize enough how big this game is. What's at stake? If the Bills miss the playoffs, that's just heartbreaking. I mean, miserable month of January, a lot of emotions. Because if the Bills get in the playoffs, and there's not just a Bills fan, everyone should notice this notion. Bills are dangerous team. They have they have a chance to blow the whole freaking thing up. They're damn near unstoppable, and they play to their highest potential. They can beat anybody in the league. The Redland Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes, Josh Young, Patrick Mahomes this year. The Redland Chiefs, because off, the Chiefs' offense has been struggling this year in terms of their standards. So let's go Ravens to beat the Steelers, and let's go Titans to beat the Jaguars, and honestly, Bills beat the Dolphins. Fairless game of the season. I just, this really, really, really scares me this weekend, but. Final prediction, Bills win 31-24. There's no ACs look at. No NFL topic today. This is a one-track mind for me and should be for you guys too. Worrying about this and this only. Nothing else matters. This is going to be really stressful. I prefer not to pace back and forth during the game. And I prefer to have a stress-free night and good weekend. But who knows? Anyway, guys, big, big weekend ahead. Big Sunday night football game ahead. So lastly, you can follow me on Twitter personally at a wagon or 13 you can follow the show on twitter uh at around slice you can watch last listen to the show on youtube apple spotify or wherever you get your favorite podcast we'll bring you playoff coverage of course free agency coming up and prospect details coming up i've gotten better and better watching film over the years last year i really dug deep and this year i'm very excited to do that again and you can follow me on patreon for extra exclusive content if you enjoy this show if you enjoy in the slice if you enjoy eight me aiden and what i have offered it's just three dollars a month that is patreon.com slash run the slice buckle up guys because this is going to be a lot of emotions this weekend a lot of emotions saturday a lot of emotions sunday during the day Live of emotion Sunday night. One last time, the Buffalo Bills beat the Miami Dolphins at night, so it won't be 100 degrees. It's January and at night. Bills won't be dropping like flies, so no sun advantage for the Dolphins. Buffalo Bills beat the Miami Dolphins and win the AFC East and the 2C in the playoffs. AFC playoffs, 31-24. I will be back Monday. Uh, not Monday, because I'm internship. I'll be back next Tuesday, January uh, 9th, I think it is. Yeah, yeah. January 9th with hopefully some good news or some very sad news. Let's keep it positive, though. Very stressful, but let's keep it positive. Anyway, guys, thank you for listening to this episode of Around the Slice. I know I detailed a lot in this episode, but I wanted to get you guys fully ready for the night this is going to be on Sunday. See you later. Thank you for watching or listening wherever you are. Bye.